Today on Cutting Through the Noise, I joined Sean to talk about email marketing, what it's good for, and what platforms to use. Hey everyone, this is Cassie, and I'm here with Sean. Today we're talking about email marketing. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, super. <laughs> no, it's a good uh, good way for uh, people to get their info out there. I guess, what kind of experience do you have with email marketing, Sean? You know, I've been doing email marketing for a long time, and, and I really find it useful because unlike a paid strategy, uh, in the most part, you're sending messaging to people that want to hear from you. You're not throwing ads out there in the abyss and, and hoping that you're reaching the right people. You know, if you have a strong newsletter subscriber acquisition strategy, then you're getting qualified leads. And so you know people are closer to reaching the goal that you're uh, hoping them to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just allows you to control the messaging. You have a lot more freedom in terms of creative and length and just provides you a lot of opportunities. And it's something that can be useful across all different types of industries. Yeah. So you think that email marketing is good for businesses big and small and everywhere in between? Exactly. And it's good for B2B marketing, B2C marketing. You know, email marketing is good for families who want to send newsletters to each other. It, it kind of has all sorts of uh, different applications. Yeah, that's true. So if someone's not using email marketing right now in their business, how much can they expect it to start costing them? Right out of the gate, uh, it's not a ton. You know, there's a bunch of different services you can use that range you know, different amounts. Um, you know, some you just pay by the amount of emails you send. Some you pay by the amount of subscribers. So obviously when you're starting off, um, it's going to be, you know, a couple hundred dollars at most um, to kind of get going. And then, you know, the price increases um, as your list size does. Um, and hopefully as that increases, you're making more money. So exactly. <laughs> it pays for itself. <laughs> and, you know, there's some that, you know, are very robust and do a lot of things that, mm -hmm. you know, from, a, from the get-go aren't necessary. Um, but you know, things like MailerLite and MailChimp, um, are good ways to start and, and they're pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. When you were saying that earlier, at first I thought you said MillerLite, like the beer. <laughs> they're really, they're really good at email. Yeah. Have you ever signed up for their email list? Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, we here at Pillar Group use MailChimp mostly for clients. Um, how did you guys decide to use that platform? just become kind of the industry standard um, for the types of campaigns we're running, especially since the majority of our clients are sort of in the B2C um, arena. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, it's easy to pick up. It allows you to be flexible. It integrates with all the other systems that we use. Um, and it's just, you know, everybody's comfortable with it. And I think all of us have used it in the past. Yeah. And I think as an, someone that's receiving the email, it's a recognizable format and people kind of understand, you know, what it looks like and um, it doesn't look like spam usually in exactly. their inbox. So that's a good, good thing. Yeah, there's a level of comfort in the way they kind of look and feel. Yeah. So the way, the reason we're talking about email marketing is because this morning we were having conversation about when the right time is to send out an email, how often, what time during the day, um, what should be included. We kind of decided that there are a few different things that impact that, sort of what type of business it is, who they're reaching out to, um, sometimes what email platform they might be using. Uh, what are your thoughts? I think anything related to email marketing, you have to think about 
the persona of the person receiving the email. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be as detailed as each person on your list. Um, you know, we like to say that if you're sending an email to everybody on your list every time, then you're not really using email marketing. You're just sending email. Um, and so the same goes true for when you're going to send it and that sort of strategy. Um, so if you're doing B2B marketing or just sharing information, blog articles, things like that, you probably want to send it out in the morning so that you know on a Tuesday when somebody's starting their day going through their email, you know they're consuming content, they're getting the news headlines, things like that. And on the flip side of that, if you're trying to sell something, if you're trying to sell a hat or a sweatshirt or subscription, uh, probably don't want to do that first thing in the morning. People tend not to be getting to work, sitting at their desk mm-hmm. and whipping out their credit card. So that's something we like to send later in the day, maybe on the weekends. Um, so it really depends on, A, the audience. Um, are they awake when you're sending it? Um, and then also on the goal of the email. Yeah, yeah. Going back to sort of the persona that you're reaching out to, I know that in MailChimp, there seem like there are a million ways that you can break up those um, that group of people that have subscribed to your email list, whether that's like gender, age, even, you know, who's purchased the most or who's spent the most time on your website, anything like that. Um, do you, are there some very specific ones that you think people should use more often? Yeah. You know, they have what they call merge fields um, in the sense of information that's stored along with the email address. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, when you fill out a form, sometimes you include your first name, birthday, last name, you know, things along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like to use the first name merge field a lot if we have that information. So the email is personalized. Um, I think that's an important one. The, the big thing to keep in mind is you really want to um, be sending to people based on their behavior. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you recently ran sort of a big automation campaign um, that was based on sort of what people were doing with the email, mm-hmm. um, whether it's sending an email to somebody who didn't open the first one or reminding people to take action if they opened but didn't. Um, and that's a really important thing to keep in mind um, and a pretty easy thing to set up when you think. Mm, yeah, I would say that at first it can be a little confusing just looking at a computer screen trying to figure out the if, ands, or buts about the automation that you're setting up. But it really helped me to just go over to our little whiteboard we have or pull out a sticky note and sort of map it out um, with pen and paper and be able to see it in light, in real life which emails are going to which people. Um, so that would be something I'd recommend when someone's setting up their first couple automations. You know, and when it comes to frequency of email, not just when you're sending, it's mm-hmm. another thing that you have to think like the consumer. So if you're somebody that subscribed to a makeup company's email, which I use that example because my wife gets about 15 of them. Um, <laughs> every morning. Every yeah. morning. You know, if you were wanting to get that information, you know, how often would you like to see it? And at what point would you really get annoyed and, mm-hmm. and unsubscribe? And so I try to keep that in mind every morning, every evening when I look at my sort of personal email account and say, you know what, I'm just kind of over this or, yeah. well, I haven't opened that email in, you know, months. So why am I still kind of getting it? Yeah. Pretending that you are the consumer looking through your email list. What do you um, find enticing to make you open the email? Is it a brand that you already enjoy or is it a catchy subject line, promise of a sale? What do you think? First and foremost, it's probably the sender. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sort of originates, though, from the content that's inside the email. Right. Um, you know, it's kind of a chicken and the egg thing in the sense that, you know, once I open an email, if I really enjoy the content, I'm much more likely to open the next one as right. opposed to just kind of, you know, marginally liking it. And if it's marginal, then I'm probably going to only open it if the subject line is enticing. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's an e-commerce thing, I'm probably not going to open it if it's a new release um, of an email that I kind of like, but I will probably open it if it's some sort of offer. Mm-hmm. I think content-driven newsletters, um, the subject lines are really important because you can very easily um, sort of alienate part of your audience. If you're very specific with what's what the content's going to be, people can immediately say, well, I'm not interested in that kind of soap, so why would I kind of mm-hmm. open this? Um, so you, know, you have to keep in mind that if you have a 100% open rate, you're probably just sending to your mother. Um, <laughs> you know, you're not going to have everybody open every single email, but you need to make sure you're catching as many people each time. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I think as a digital marketer or someone running their marketing for their own small business, when they, you know, are spending so much time sending out these emails and they look and it has like a 0.8% open rate or click rate or whatever it might be. That can be a little disheartening because it feels like, you know, you're not having a huge impact or no one cares about what you're writing. Um, Are there some other metrics that people should be paying maybe more attention to that actually mean help show them if their email marketing is effective? You know, it it goes back to to what your goal is. And, you know, if you're in an awareness state and you're looking to just connect with a consumer and Mm -hmm. remind them that you exist, then just opening is sometimes enough. Um, you know, if you are looking for them to, to buy something, then yeah, you really need to pay attention to the, to the click rate. I think taking a step back and looking at, looking at a consumer and their persona over the course of a couple of months, um, mm-hmm. is important and kind of looking to see what percentage of people are opening at least one out of every five. Um, yeah. and you know, it is kind of tough when you see 0.9%, like you said, or, you know, but it's the same with, you see a click through rate on a display ad and it's. 0.02 right and that's extremely sad so i think kind of looking taking a step back and looking at it as at the account level um, as opposed to just focusing on each campaign Mm -hmm. um, is sometimes important i mean obviously you need to optimize and you know looking at the reporting looking at click maps to see what links people are clicking on and where they are on the email yeah important um, but, you know, thinking big picture in terms of your kind of long-term goals is, is important. Mm-hmm. Geez, digital marketing uh, metrics can be so sad, even though they're effective, right? <laughs> and I wish they were like golf scores where right? the lower is better. <laughs> right. What else can we talk about with email marketing? Um, You've had some experience in HubSpot. Yeah. What do you think about that platform? Yeah, so HubSpot, I actually haven't done a lot of um, sort of email automation type um programming, I guess, within HubSpot. However, I do like HubSpot for its ability to track um, open rates, click rates, and, you know, multiple times. So I can get a little notification that says this person opened this exact link um, and spent, you know, a certain amount of time searching through your website because of that. Um, So that's really nice when we're trying to maybe sell a product or speaking with someone more on a one-on-one basis. That's what I really like HubSpot for. I think MailChimp is awesome for bigger groups of people or weekly newsletters. Uh, but personally, I use HubSpot on a more individual level. Um, it connects directly with your Gmail. Looks like it's coming straight out of your Gmail. 
Um, it's not formatted like MailChimp might be. So I think it's definitely good to have both of those tricks up your sleeve. So that's how you know that I don't open any of your emails. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. I'm like, Sean. <laughs> exactly. Know, I mentioned earlier that the nice thing about MailChimp is it integrates with other systems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a big part of all digital marketing is is multiple traction channels, making impressions um, multiple times at multiple mm-hmm. places. And, you know, something that we've recently done is you, know, you can take your list of email subscribers and target them with ads on Facebook. Um, so you can take, if you had a thousand subscribers that opened your last email, uh, you can then show them an ad on Facebook that has similar branding, similar messaging. The same thing, you know, if you want to take all your subscribers that live in Butte, you can show them an ad on Facebook mm-hmm. and you can actually initiate that from MailChimp and it'll launch you right into to Facebook. So that's kind of a cool yeah. little trick. That's really cool because you know that the people seeing it or the people you're spending your money on are actually interested or yeah. at least were at some point. Exactly. You're, you're, you're closer than, you know, you were when you just stepped in into the room. Yeah. You know, the, the other cool thing about MailChimp and, you know, this isn't the most exciting thing, but their support <laughs> and their um, support chat is is really strong and, and really helpful. Um, so I've always found that to be a great resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always nice when it's a software as a service uh, product because <laughs> it's good to have some real human help. Yeah, and just like with uh, you know Geofly, which personalizes content based on location, it's the the user experience and the customer service is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would totally agree. And I think that's also something great about email marketing is um, it just adds to the interaction you have with your potential clients or customers, um, kind of just adds more to the personal feeling of your brand. You're not just someone that's a storefront or something they see on Google, you know. I mean, if you can't uh, talk to somebody directly, this is the sort of the next best thing. Yeah. Yeah, I encourage everyone to give it a shot. I think there actually are some ways that you can get started. Um for even cheap, really cheap or free when you don't have that many subscribers. So, yeah, try yeah, the, it out. The, there's a way on MailChimp that you can just start doing it um, for free, you know, until you get to a certain amount of subscribers. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, sign up for an account, build a form, you know, make sure you have a form on your website to start collecting, uh, start collecting email addresses. Yeah. Well, if anyone has, um, I mean, obviously you can tell that we have a lot of experience mostly with MailChimp here in this office um, because it's, you know, the platform we've decided to spend some time in and get to know really well. But if anyone listening to this podcast has um, awesome info about the other platforms you can use for email marketing or other things they found super helpful or questions about it, you can comment um, here or somewhere on our social media. Anything else, Sean? I think the last thing I'll say is, in marketing, you always want to go to where the people are and yeah. where people are is in their inbox. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. Just like your wife, every morning opening and checking out her makeup deals. Exactly. I get those too, so it's all good. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.